lot of different types of people. People, many of you have been raised in church. You're used to church. You're used to talking about the Bible. You know where the Bible is. And all the way down through some of you people who have never read the Bible, or if you have read the Bible, you hear about the New Testament and Old Testament, you're like, I have no clue what those things mean. And so tonight, as we, as we begin to study this, I just want to let you know that one of the goals, my goal for you tonight is that you will leave one step closer to God. So wherever you are right now in your walk with God, maybe right now you're at a, at a one. You'd say, I'm at a one. God is distant and he's unconcerned. And as I look at my life, God is so far off, I can't even imagine why I need to even care about God. Maybe you're at a five, which is really the complacency level. That's the level where you say, God's okay, but I really struggle with spending time in the Word of God. I struggle with really wanting to go to church or wanting to go to youth group. And I really, I I like to leave or I, I like not to have to go to VBS or any of the church events. And so maybe for you, God's like, he's He's cool as an idea, but when it comes to actual practical living, you're like, no, God is so distant. I don't, I don't really want to take the time to work with him. But maybe, maybe if you were to say a level, a level 10 would be God is absolutely awesome and he's my best friend. And I hope that no matter where you are in that line, both counselors and those of you who are campers, no matter where you are, that this week you'll leave one step closer to God. And so that's one of the goals that I have for this week. But also I want you to know that people are praying for you. And I've been praying for you guys. I've been praying for you a lot. And I know of at least 20 people, at least 20 people who have not only prayed for you, but who are going to be praying for you. Right now, a man named Bob Crawford is praying for each one of you as you sit here. And he's praying for several things, but specifically he's praying for five of you that you would start your journey with Jesus Christ for the first time. Many of you, some of you, and I would would be foolish to think that some of you, or that there's none of you who don't know Christ as your Savior. And so he's praying that at least five of you would this week realize, I need Jesus Christ as my Savior. But then he's praying for 15 people, 15 of you who right now, the way you're living is a submitting to sin. You say, hey, I'm not living in a way that honors God. I'm not living in a way that honors my parents or helps me to love my brothers or sisters. And he's praying for 15 of you guys to surrender your life, to submit it to Christ instead of to sin. And there's going to be people praying every single service for the whole service. And so I want you to know that people have prayed for you, and I've prayed for you even tonight. And so as we begin this lesson on Inside Out, let's go ahead and start with prayer. Father God, I thank you for today, and I pray that you would take this message and speak to the hearts of each one here. God, I'm sure there are several kids who are really excited to be here, other kids who are kind of dragged here, other kids who are absolutely scared to be here. There are several kids I talked to tonight and it's their first time. But God, I pray you take your word and speak to them, challenge them, and I pray that you would be glorified and your name would be lifted high this weekend as we learn how to be changed from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. So our theme for this weekend is Inside Out. Uh, How many of you have seen the movie Inside Out? Seen the movie? Oh, good. I'm glad. So you'll get this reference. So in that movie, what it's really talking about is all the emotions going on in the girl's mind. Name some of them for me. What are some of the emotions? Just yell them out. Yes, all of those, absolutely. You have anger, you have sadness. Sadness cracks me up, especially the scene where she's walking along, touching all the memories. You remember that scene? And they're like, no, don't touch those. And so there's sadness, she's always mopey, and there's joy. Whoever one likes joy, but then there's anger, which I think if we're honest, every single adult who's watched that movie, anger is their favorite, because they're like, yep, I've had that at some time in my life. 
And so we have all these different emotions that are going on. And how the girl responds on the outside is really determined by who's in the driver's seat on the inside. And so you see what we're, what's going to happen is she was going to respond based on what was on the inside. And for her to respond differently, instead of in sadness, a different person had to be in the driver's seat. Something else had to change. And so for, for many of you here this weekend, you may struggle with anger, fear of what people will think of you, jealousy of other people's clothes, lives, or whatever. You may have sadness from things that your parents have said to you, or possibly possibly many of you, your parents have just gotten a divorce, and you're just stuck in the middle, and it hurts, and you're going back and forth from different families. And so there's all this different emotions going on inside of you, and perhaps you find yourself reacting in ways that you don't want. Just the other day, I was talking to a young man, and he was talking to me about his family and how he really loved his family. He said, if anyone were to pick on my family, I'd fight them. He's like, I just, I will protect my family to the end. But then he told me this. He said, but then there are also times in my life where I'll hurt my sister, or I'll hurt my parents, or I'll yell at my parents, and I'll get really, really angry. And what he couldn't figure out is why in the world would he be so defensive of them, but yet at times in his life treat them so poorly. And the, really the question that I had in my mind and that he was probably having in his mind is how can I change this? And that's the goal for this weekend. We're going to talk about how we need to be changed from the inside out. We don't want to simply just change the external in our actions. We need to be changed from the inside out. And that leads us to our first lesson, which is what's in comes out. That's our lesson for tonight. You see it there. What's in comes out. So how many of you like bread? You like bread? Okay, well, on December 21st, I decided that because I loved you guys so much, I was going to make some of you guys bread. So on December 21st, I made some bread for you. And I have it in here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on some gloves. If any of you know, homemade bread doesn't last super long. It's not super good. If you can see that, oh, I can't even get my fingers in the right one. If you can see this, um, oh, I better put the other one on. Oh, my. <laughs> you can take that point back, Austin. We're not there yet. Okay. This is the bread I made for you on December 21st. Can you see that? That's not food coloring. <laughs> I'm not going to ask who wants to eat it because I guarantee you there's some guys and you're like, oh, I want to eat it. You don't want to know what mold does to you. But this bread is what I made for you. And uh, many of you probably aren't super, super excited to see this or you wouldn't really want to. But when you think about this, our lesson is called What's In Comes Out. And if you're honest, how many of you would say that you often struggle? And we're going to get back to this, so you, we'll keep it over here. But as we think about what's in come out, comes out, how many of you would say that you struggle at times with um, being nice to your siblings, parents, or others at school? Would you say that? Any of you? Okay. When I was your age, I had huge anger problems. But I was the type of guy, and you maybe had this, I was the type of guy who I would bottle it all up and then explode on one person. And it was often my younger brother. And there was so many times when I would explode on him, and I'd go, why in the world am I yelling? Why am I so angry at him? But the reality is, like this bread, my, my attitude was moldy. 
if you would. It was disgusting. It was gross. My words were gross. They were like moldy bread. And so if you think about this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move this a little bit closer. What do you think I'll find when I open this bread? Do you think it will be delicious bread on the inside? Yes? Oh, man. Looks pretty good, doesn't it? Looks pretty good. The mold's just on the outside, so we can eat the inside, right? No, you don't, because I actually looked it up. Whenever you see mold on the outside, mold is often like a tree. It has roots that go out throughout the whole thing. So whether you can see it or not, this loaf is completely moldy. It is absolutely disgusting. Now I want to ask, what would make this loaf better? What if, what if I just simply took, and I took some um, butter and honey, would that make the loaf better? No, it wouldn't. Okay, what if I took a whole bunch of sugar and cinnamon and I covered it with sugar and cinnamon? Would that make it better? Some of you are saying yes, but no, it wouldn't actually make it, it would not take the mold away. And that's really where we learn our first point, is that I am naturally rotten bread. Because what you guys are saying, what you're realizing is that there is nothing good about this bread. You cannot fix this bread. If I waited 30 minutes or 30 days, the bread wouldn't be any better. And so we learn that I am naturally rotten bread. And when I get to a point, I want you to say it with me. So ready? Say this with me. I am naturally rotten bread. And I say that, and I want you to say I, because each of you has to recognize that this is a personal problem. Look at what Psalm 51 verse 5 says. Psalm 51 verse 5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And then look at what Psalm, or Romans 3.23 says. It says, For all have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God. And then one more, Isaiah 64, 6, puts it this way. We have all become like one who is unclean. Would you say this is unclean? Yeah. And it says we have all, every single one of us sitting in here, has become like someone who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. According to that, those verses, how many of us are moldy bread? All of us are. Notice it says, all have sinned. And it says there, we all have become like one who is unclean. And all of us are sinners. But what is sin? The Bible describes sin as lawlessness. That's what 1 John 3, 4 says. It describes sin as lawlessness. That means that God says something and we do the, uh, the opposite. It looks a little bit like this. It looks like this. Okay, God says obey your parents. Sin is what? disobeying your parents, okay? God says, don't like people only for what they can give you. But sin is only being nice to people for what they can give me. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Sin is worrying, being anxious, living stressed. The Bible says, be kind to one another. Sin is being mean to one another. The Bible says, forgive others. Sin is holding on to how people hurt me and not forgiving. So what we see is sin is lawlessness. God has made a law. God says this, and sin is doing the opposite. The point that the Bible verses we looked at are making is that we naturally go to, which side do we naturally go to, the sin side or the God side? Sin side. That's what we naturally go to. I, I naturally disobey my parents. I naturally get angry. That's our natural bent. That's the way we naturally go. In fact, we're born on the sin side, but microwaving, or just like microwaving the bread, covering it with butter and honey, or waiting a little bit longer won't make the bread better, do you really think that simply um, just trying harder makes us move from the sin side to the God side? 
If we can't make this bread better by just fixing the exterior, do you think us just trying harder makes us go to the God side? No. The reality is it, it doesn't. And that's where we learn our second lesson. I need God to make me a new loaf. You see, here's something else I made. I made this this morning. Okay, this is a brand new loaf. And I'm not going to have you come up here and eat it because though I have made bread before and it was in a bread machine so you'd think it would be safe, I'm not sure. But I need God to make me a new loaf. I would be totally confident, mostly confident, to cut into this, put some butter and honey on it, and give it to you. And it would be delicious. And so say that with me. The second point, I need God to make me a new loaf. Now notice that I said we need God to make us a new loaf. That's because salvation isn't something we work for. Salvation isn't something we work for. Look at what Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 say. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of what? Works, so that no man may boast. Now, just so you guys know, I'm really, really bad at just talking so if I actually pause, just say whatever's next, okay? So you guys can interact with me on this. But it's not a result of works, so that no one may boast. There's a definition of the gospel by J.D. Greer. It says this, there is nothing you can do that will make God love you any more, and nothing you have done or will do that will make God love you any less. And the point is, we need God to make us a new loaf. We don't need to simply just cover the outside and just try to make this better. We need to be made new. Every single one of us, at some point in our lives, needs to be made new. So as we look at this bread, if it's good bread, what do you think we find if we cut it open and, and look at the inside? Do you think it'll be good or bad? It'll be good. It will be. And if we open it up, it is good. And I have eaten this bread, and it is actually very, very, very good. And so if I get hungry at midnight, I've, I've got something for me. So what we have is when we look at the new loaf, it's good on the inside. And so what we learn, kids, is that what's in comes out. So if what's coming out is rottenness, we don't need to change our outward actions. We need our heart to be changed. So if you look at your life and you say, my actions, my words, my thoughts, they're rottenness. What needs to happen is not simply the external to be changed. What needs to happen is a heart change. Now, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 3. If you have a Bible, turn to John chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, scoot over to someone who does. John chapter 3. There was a really religious man, and his name was Nicodemus, and he comes to talk to Jesus, but he was a lot like this rotten bread. Okay, Nicodemus was a lot like the rotten bread. He looked really good on the outside. He was super, super religious, okay? He did everything, like, really, really good. So imagine if I just took butter and sugar and cinnamon and just covered it. That's what he was like. But he still was rotten on the inside. And he comes to Jesus to talk to him and basically say, well, what do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus tells him that he needs to be made new. Look at John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher and have come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, truly, truly, this is verse 3, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see 
the kingdom of God. Jesus looks at Nicodemus, and even though he's all right on the outside, inside, he needs changed. And that's where Jesus says he needs to be born again. And we're going to talk about that more tomorrow. But the point is, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, when we talk about that, if you've never received the gospel, it means that you're born again, that your heart has been changed, that Jesus, that God makes you a new loaf, that he replaces the moldy loaf and makes you new on the inside. And that's what Nicodemus needed. Now, Nicodemus had it all right on the outside, but inside he needed change. And, and kids, some of you are here today, and you may have it all right on the outside. You may have it all together. And I know that you do, and I know that you know you do, because I grew up just like you. I grew up in a pastor's home, and from a very, very young age, I learned how to look good on the outside. I learned what I had to do to make sure people thought I was a good kid. And I would greet the nice older ladies, and, you know, they just absolutely loved me because, you know, I'd go talk to these older ladies. And so everyone thought I was just this little bit, this little gem. But remember I told you I struggled with anger all the time? Well, guess what? Nobody in the church saw that anger. Only my brother did. And there are some of you here today, and you are just like that. On the outside, everyone looks at you, and you're the, you're the perfect little kid, and they're rowdy kids. They're pointing them to you and saying, hey, you need to be more like this kid. But on the inside, your heart still needs changed. Maybe it's because you've never been born again, or maybe it's because... You got sin, and you absolutely will not get rid of it. And so you got it all together on the outside, and this can carry with you. Listen, it will carry with you for the rest of your life. The temptation to make everyone think that you are good. But maybe you haven't been born again. Maybe your heart hasn't been changed. You're still a moldy loaf of bread. In fact, you're a lot like me. Because right now, every single one of you looks at me, and you're like, he looks okay. Um, he doesn't really pull off the plaid too well. But he looks okay in general. And none of you looked at me today and you're like, what in the world is wrong with you? But do you know what? There's something wrong with me. In fact, that something wrong, you can't see. But underneath my shirt, there's another shirt. Oh, and I'm losing my mic. And I had to wear another shirt underneath it because it got so torn up. How many of you saw this shirt earlier? None of you did. Did you? None of you did. That's because we can hide sin so, so well. And even though I had all these holes in my shirts, I have bleach here. I've got spray paint on my shirt. It's cut on the back. My, my sleeve's like falling off. I did, when I would put it on, I think I put my head through like this hole, and my arm was coming out my belly button basically. Like it just didn't work at all. But I had it covered up. I had it covered up, and I'm going to cover it back up because I'll be a little bit too distracting if I don't. But some of you in here today, you got your sin covered up. You got your evil heart covered up. You grew up in church, you know what to say, but you need changed on the inside. What you need is for God to make you new. You need to be born again. And we're going to learn more about this tomorrow, but if God is working in your heart right now, I want you to talk to your counselor afterwards or talk to me if, about how you can be born again. Because scripture says when we're born again, look at this, this is awesome. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New. What did I... 
What's that word? New creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the what? New has come. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And when we receive Christ as our Savior, that's what it is like. Check out Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. This is awesome too. And I will give you a what? New heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove your heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. See, every single one of us needs to be made new. And for those of you here who have been born again, did you notice what happened? When you take the good bread, if you put butter and honey on it, it gets better. And so for those of you who have been born again, you who are Christians, look at John chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. John chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. You need to walk in the light. And what that means is now that you've been made new on the inside, you need to walk in a way that's honoring to God. John chapter 3, verse 20, verses 20 and 21. says, for everyone who does wicked things, moldy things, you could say, hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Now stop there. Notice what it's saying. Those who do wicked things don't want to come to the light. That is, they don't want to come to Jesus. They don't want to face their sin. They want to stay out of the light because when they step into the light, there's mold, their mold is exposed. None of you saw this bread when it was in the box, did you? No, because it was in the dark. And some of you are living in the dark. But what he says, look at verse 21. Verse 21 says this. But whoever does what is true comes into the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. When you have been born again, what needs to happen is you need to walk in the light, Scripture says. That is, you walk in the way that Jesus commands. You obey, you follow his commands, and you submit to him, which we're going to get to on the third, in the third lesson. You submit to God. And so, for you kids, um, now that Christ is in your heart, live for him. Commit today to saying, Jesus, thank you for giving me new life, for making me a new loaf. And now that I'm new, I want to make you happy. Take my eyes, take my hands, take my ears, take my mouth, take my body and use it for your glory. And it's a point that God, guys, God has really been working on my heart with this. Romans chapter 6. Did I put those verses in there? Do we have Romans chapter 6? We do. Awesome. Check this out. Romans chapter 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We are buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the, by, or from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in what? Newness of life. Do you see that word there again? Newness of life. We know that our old self was crucified with him, old self, moldy loaf, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Now watch, he says, so you must also consider yourselves dead to sin, and alive to Christ Jesus. Now check out this verse as we go on. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. Guys, in our third lesson, we're going to get to this. And we have a special treat for that lesson. I won't tell you what it is. But the reality is, when we sin, it's because we present our members to sin. And that's why I said today that there are fif- I'm praying for 15 of you to commit your life to say, I don't want to present my members to sin. I don't want to present my mind to think on evil things. I don't want to present my anger or my, my emotions to be angry. I want to present myself to Christ. 
says, don't let sin reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members as instruments of righteousness. For sin will not have dominion over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. And we'll just skip those last two verses because we're gonna talk about that later, so I don't wanna get into that too much. Because do you get what that's saying? It's saying that when we were the old self, we used to use our mouths to speak mainly to others. We used our hands to hurt others. And we used our feet to go places we shouldn't. But now that we're in new love, God wants to use our hands, to use our feet, and to use our eyes and mouth for his good. So my challenge for you is if you want to be good, if you want to love God and love others, what you need is not simply behavior modification. You need a changed heart and a submitted heart. So please bow your head and close your eyes right now. Bow your head and close your eyes. If today you say, Pastor Aaron, I think that my heart is like the moldy loaf, and I want to be made new, would you just raise your hand right now? If you say, my heart is like the moldy loaf, and I want to be made new. Okay, go ahead, and you can put your hands down. If you raise your hand, talk to your counselor tonight, and counselors, take some time to go talk to them, and then listen extra careful tomorrow as we find out more about how to be born again. But if you're a Christian, and you want to act like it, then right now and throughout this week, pray something like this. God, take my hands, take my eyes, take my mouth, take my feet, take my body, and use them for your glory. God, as we continue out throughout this night, I pray for each one of the kids in here that you would continue to work in their hearts. And I pray as we walk away for those kids who, they have a moldy heart. There's just evil coming out of their mouth. There's evil coming out of their actions and in their minds. God, I pray you'd make them new this week. Thank you that you are the one who makes them new. And for those kids here who have it all done on the outside, they got everyone to see, but on the inside, they're just wrestling, they're struggling they're angry, they're worried, they're stressed, whatever it may be. I pray this week that they would begin to walk in the light and say, I'm not going to pretend anymore. I'm going to be honest that I struggle with this sin. That they'd confess that and draw near to you. God, I thank you for your love for each one of these kids. And I pray that you do a mighty work in us for the rest of this weekend. In Jesus' name, amen.